Hey everybody, welcome to the Bear Hunting Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. On this episode, we're going to be continuing on with our conversation with Jimmy Walner. Jimmy's a bear guide up in far northern Minnesota, and uh, actually he guides not the same unit, but uh, pretty close to where I um, am going hunting up in Minnesota this year. So we had a pretty interesting conversation, and uh, we cover a lot of great stuff in this episode. So hopefully you enjoy it and get some stuff out of it. But uh, before we jump into that, uh, we got a couple things I want to cover. So first thing is, um, so I kind of changed my mind from the last podcast. So I decided that uh, I am in fact going to hunt uh, the Minish- the not the Minnesota, the Michigan tag that uh, I got, um, that I drew this year. So uh, so anyway, I was planning on hunting my tried and true spot here in the UP of Michigan, but uh, I went up there to check out the bait site, make sure everything was good, and uh, turns out they're logging it this year. So that kind of changes things. So I'm not going to be hunting my normal spot. So I will be actually opening up a brand new bait site this year. Uh, I kind of been already thinking about a plan B, but uh, I guess that's plan A now. So that'll be fun. So you guys will get to follow along with that and see how it goes. But uh, yeah, so I've already, you know, I've already kind of done some aerial scouting on via Google Earth and all that. And uh, but um, probably this week I'm going to, well, yeah, definitely this week I'm going to have to go up there to scout a whole bunch. So, um, actually get on the ground. Cause I found, you know, you look at the aerial maps and that's good and stuff, but, um, once you get in the ground, things change, especially when you get into thick, like cedar swamps and all that. It's, it's interesting. So, but, uh, so that'll be fun. And, um, I also got uh, my bait squared away for this year. So, um, you know, I, I get a lot of conver- questions about uh, cheap bait or, uh, you know, because you go to a bait dealer or whatever and it's kind of expensive to buy bear bait. And so I get a lot of questions about how to get a cheap bear bait. So I'm, I went kind of a cheaper route. I just went to uh, the local feed mill this year and um, got some stuff and, uh, I'm hoping to show you how I make an effective bear bait for a much more cost-effective method. So uh, I'll post a video of that closer to, uh, well, probably right on bait opener here in Michigan. So you guys kind of see what I do So um, for a high-quality but inexpensive bait. So, so stay tuned for that. But uh, it'll be similar to the video I just made uh, the other day, actually. Uh, I, I got a big shipment in the mail i went all out on attractants this year from Batum 907 so because i've got uh six bait sites in minnesota i got open up for my new minnesota tag and uh now my new michigan site so um anyway it's a good thing but uh i'm all about bear attractants and uh so I went with the best and i got a whole bunch of Batum 907 attractants this year and um and so I made a video of everything I'm using and why and all that. So if you want to check that out on the Facebook page, the Bear Hunting Podcast Facebook page, um, you can kind of see an in-depth look at what we're using. So definitely check that out. And uh, if you want to get some of the stuff I'm using, check out Batum907.com. <clears throat> so, and then another thing to look forward to, uh, coming up here, we have Clay Newcomb of Bear Hunting Magazine coming up on the podcast again. And uh, I know you guys really liked the first episode we did with them, so uh, they're a partner of the podcast, so brought them back on. I love talking to them, so uh, we cover a lot of really good stuff on that episode, and uh, 
talk about the magazine a little bit too and uh, what's coming up with that and their show Bear Horizons. <clears throat> so um, actually, you still have time. I know we talk about their latest their latest edition of the magazine's a hound exclusive magazine. So that's kind of cool. Um, they go over a lot of hound hunting stuff and even admit some of it's a stretch, like a polar bear hound hunt, but, uh, it's pretty interesting stuff. So you definitely want to check that out if you don't already. Um, and then also coming up here in August, Bear Horizons, their online TV show is going to be airing season four. I know the previous three seasons have been just awesome. And so definitely recommend checking that out because uh it's free online so why not so but it's really great tv so uh definitely if you're even slightly into bear hunting i think you'll really enjoy it so but uh clay give us gives us sort of a snippet of one of the episodes coming up and it's like whoa so that's gonna be a must watch and uh a must listen on this podcast so anyway but also um if you don't already subscribe to bear hunting magazine or you need to update your subscription use the promo code bhp when you check out and you'll receive five dollars off a uh, subscription so definitely do that so <clears throat> all right so other than that uh i'll quit rambling and we'll get on to this episode here you go uh on the hunting beast forum we've been there's sort of been a discussion about whether when you're placing bait sites whether you want to place it solely based on water and cover or if you factor in food sources to that into that when you're placing a bait site what do you do you think about food sources or are you just like i'm going to set up in a swamp what's sort of your thoughts on that well, all animals need three things. They need food, cover, and water. Yep. I'm, I'm providing them the food. Mm-hmm. So basically what I'm looking for is I'm looking for good bear habitat mm-hmm. with water at least a quarter mile away. I mean, you don't have to be right up on top of the water. You know, you can, yeah. you can draw the bears to you. I mean, I've tracked a lot of of wounded bears and and you know they he'd be surprised actually you know how far they're they're living from from the bait sites you know so yeah. but yeah you generally you know you want to have water nearby because when a bear eats he gorges himself yeah they immediately have to go get a drink to to help them digest their food they have to mm-hmm. and they're like a pig they don't sweat so if it's hot they got to go in the water and i mean those big bears you know they'll lay they're like a they're like a pig you know they'll wallow right in a you know yeah if you you could have a little water with some mud they'll lay right in there but they'll go right into uh you know like beaver ponds or old beaver flowages with just some water in it you know you usually you got swamp around there yeah you you know you're going to have some aspens and stuff around there and some pine pines for thermal cover or whatever it's cooler in there Mm-hmm. They'll go and they'll lay right in that stuff, you know. And if you watch your trail cameras, you're hunting, mm-hmm. you know. You look at those bears, and they're, you know, they might be coming in, you know, just soaking wet. Yeah, you got you got your water nearby, and that's where mm-hmm. they're coming from, you know. So, yeah, I always try to find, you know, an area. I mean, I don't have to get right in there like like some guys, you know. I yeah. I try to. Uh, find a spot in a swamp where i got uh, you know like uh you don't want to be right in the swamp because you don't want to be baiting in the water because if you get any rain your bait's going to turn to mush no matter what you have yeah so you want to find a dry spot in there somewhere Mm. preferably with some good cover 
for the bear coming into your bait and then also to hide yourself you know if you you know if you if you can't hide yourself real good you know what i mean that's when you're you might be like we talked about earlier maybe sitting on the ground or creating a natural ground blind we haven't had luck with the pop-up blinds but we usually kill three to five bears a year sitting on the ground you know we'll prop up some some sticks and stuff you don't want to make it obvious like this gigantic brush pile just enough to break out your outline and hide you a little bit and you know sit on a boat cushion or or something like that but uh yeah that's you know that's what i look for Uh, you know a good place to you know with with all the mapping and stuff that's out there now there's a there's a website it's called uh kelp maps i believe kelp Mm -hmm. topo and you can go on that and bing maps is another good one in the bird's eye view my Mm -hmm. god you can i mean it especially in the bird's eye view from bing maps the locations will just jump right out at you it's like you can cut your learning curve in half for sure by that you can see where all the water is where that you can see where there's beaver ponds where the timber turns into black timber for thermal cover, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's a, if you're baiting, then you, you know you might not know there's a road um, a quarter mile away, and somebody else has got a bait on the other side of the swamp. So you can you can see all that stuff. But I generally like to look. I'm not worried about food because I'm providing them the food. And like I said before, we don't have acorns or any of that stuff up here. We don't have. Yeah. Um, any agriculture at all, you know, so mm-hmm. on berries, so you get, you get down into some of those swamps and you're going to have the low brush berries and all that stuff yeah. too. So yeah, they're going to, the bears are going to be in there anyway. So I'm providing the food, but I'm, what I'm really looking for is water within a quarter mile. You know, you, you start getting a little further and you might start running into trouble, but mm-hmm. that's, you know, you, you'll be okay. I mean, you what you're looking for is you really want to find the spot on the spot yeah and use that good bait and make sure you got some good overhead cover for that bear so he's not exposed coming out i mean if you know i i see other areas where you know guys are posting on the forums and stuff and wisconsin is a whole nother animal compared to what it is here you know yeah so i I really like good thick color or cover Mm -hmm. um alder choke brush bottoms you know right then and there you you know you've got alders there you got water yep they have and uh, if you can get up on a you know maybe get your uh stand up on a little high spot in there and get your bait down just enough so it's out of that water you know mm-hmm. i like to have it so the bear doesn't have to really travel too far out of that thick cover to get onto that bait site you know that kind of goes back to the he was just there. Yep, he just he was appeared just there. out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Yep. It's because he only so, had two yeah, feet to go. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, in another another good spot that that we've had a lot of luck in, and I don't know what it is, but is uh, Norway or red pine plantations. Mm-hmm. Yep. We've shot some some really good bears in there, and I I couldn't for the life of you really tell you what they're doing in there. There's nothing mm-hmm. for them to eat other than you know depending on how old they are, but we've shot them from where they've been planted and they're maybe 10 to 12 years old and we've Mm -hmm. shot them from the ground all the way up until they're, you know, 30, 40 year old trees ready to be harvested, but they're in there. And I don't know if they're in there for the grubs or there's bugs or something, because we've noticed a lot of times the trees are really bit up and scratched. So there could be 
so they could be in there after the uh, jack pine beetles or something like that. But yeah, that's possible. Other than the fact that it's really comfortable to sit on the ground in there, you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what it is about those Norway plantations, but we, we hunt in them too, you know, and yeah. and we we have places where the water is further than a quarter mile, but you have to understand too, you know, I have some bait sites that I inherited that are thirty years old, and those yeah. bears are in and out of there all summer long. Yeah, checking to see if there's any bait in there. You know what I mean? It's 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 just that's another food source. Mm -hmm. It just becomes another area, and that gets ingrained. You know, I got generations of bears coming in to those bait sites. So yeah, exactly. But water is a water and water and some good cover is is really key. You know, and you're 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 providing the food. I don't have a lot of experience in dealing with acorns and in mm-hmm. uh, cornfields. And I know that there's a point in the season where that sweet corn gets ripe, where those bears will just go in and mow areas down. I don't, yeah. I don't have any, yep, exactly. any experience in, in that stuff. So, yep. <clears throat> now, you know, on, so, so on the hunting beast form for me, right. You know, I, I've said that I, I look for food sources, but not just, I, I should, I should clarify that. I don't, I have to have both. I, I, I'm always close to water, no matter what. My bait site's always close to water. But I also look for food sources. But in my situation, right, the, um, you know, for my for my late season hunts, there's only a few food sources, right? So the bears, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to be in the swamp anyway, right? But, you know, mm-hmm. if it's by acorns, it's like the perfect sweet spot that, you know, because I call my, my bait site, it's the spot where the hemlocks meet the meet the oaks i mean it's literally trans it's the transition line between cedar and hemlock to oaks and so you know Mm -hmm. basically the bears step out of the cedar swamp into the oak forest and that's where my bait is and so you know when i but since my hunts are so late there's only a few food sources and that up there that's the only thing there is those acorns and so i I put my bait site there because it draws in other bears that, you know, aren't normally right. in that swamp. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, but now, you know, I've got a Minnesota tag this year and I'm not as focused on food because, you know, I did a scouting trip a few weeks ago and there's berries everywhere. And so it's like, okay, this isn't, you know, it's not a big deal to find food cause it's everywhere, but I am going to find my, my spots that I picked out are all, near you know thick swamps um there's one that's like right next to tamarack swamp and uh a bunch of you know really really thick swampy areas so and i mean there's there was some food thought factored into that i mean we'll see how the bait sites Mm -hmm. go but there was one that was like there's a clear cut and then you know really thick stuff and then a creek slash swamp you know beaver pond area but um you know but the, the thing is there's food everywhere so it's like you know, the water is going to be the the deciding factor with that. Whereas later in the season in Michigan, you know, if there's a lot of water, but if there's not food, um, you know, the bears aren't going to be as active there. So, right. But, yeah, and what you what you are describing from your scouting mission to northern Minnesota, I mean, that's that's textbook. You know, that's mm-hmm. a textbook bear location right there. I mean, it yeah. doesn't get any better than that i mean all animals i mean i would say beaver ponds old beaver flowages mm-hmm. they're they attract everything yeah and that's pro- i mean if you were to look at anything mm-hmm. that would be 
the one of the ultimate places to look for. Mm-hmm. Another thing, if you're hunting in the late season, especially you get into Minnesota, you get into, you know, it could be a little colder or whatever. The bears are just starting to get, get ready to take a nap. Yeah. But bears, especially in them older beaver ponds, they hibernate in those old beaver lodges. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing to think about. And if, 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 if you got a late season tag, and I mean, this could apply anywhere really. Yeah. And you got old beaver flowages with uh, beaver lodges and stuff. I mean, get a, get out there and look at them, you know, in the springtime or whatever, the late fall when you can and look and, and, and see if, you know, if they've been using them because they'll, they might go down and lay down for a day or two if the weather is really crappy and they may come out. You, you just never know. But yeah. those beaver ponds, they're, they're just universal <laughs> attractors for everything, no matter if they're used any, they, whether they've been a, you know, the beavers have been trapped out or they moved on 20 years ago, you know, you mm-hmm. always still have some water and yep. there's always thick areas around there, you know, yep. Yep. you want to look for that. You know, we really like to hunt in, in spruce and in black spruce and in cedar swamps, you know, it gets mm-hmm. dark in there a little bit faster. Yeah. It, uh, it's cooler in there for one thing. I mean, you walk into, you know, you're at your truck getting ready or whatever and, you're walking down, getting in your bait trail, and all of a sudden, you know, you. I've had many guys say this to me. You, you could just feel the temperature drop. You know, when you when you get down in there. Yeah. And it gets it gets. You know, I always tell them guys too. You know, I say, you know, you're sitting in the stand. It's going to get darker down in them swamps faster because the light doesn't penetrate through. The bears are going to move a little earlier. It's getting darker. It's cooler. Yep. That, you know, and you're thinking, oh, man, it's getting dark. Well, no, it's just it's just getting darker in there as the sun goes down. You had many guys get down out of the tree over the years, and they get out to the, you know, the logging road or the main trail to walk back to the pickup spot or whatever. And <laughs> you know what I mean? They just yep. wasted the best hour of the entire hunt for the day that they had, you know. Yeah. So yep. exactly. those are those are those are the the, the places I like to uh, to key in, you know. Yep. I I know a lot of guys like to get as close to the bedding area that they can. I prefer to draw them out to me. I, then I don't risk the chance of uh, bumping them out of there. And yep. two, you have to go back to think I'm I'm guiding, not you know. It, <laughs> it's just it's not me going in there to hunt. You know, it's right. various people of all hunting skill level. You know. Yep. Some people you basically have to hold their hand, and, and some people you don't. You know, and yeah, a, you know another thing to that a lot of people don't think about is movement in the tree stand. Yeah, you, you know a lot of a lot of people. I take a lot of guys from Wisconsin, Illinois, Iowa. You know, their guys are just awesome deer hunters. Yep. And they get in that they get in that bear stand, and you know the, the they tell me when they get here, oh man, I can sit all day or whatever, you know what I mean? No problem. Mm-hmm. They might be able to sit all day, but mm-hmm. there's one thing they can't do: they can't <laughs> sit still all day. Yeah, yep. you know <laughs> that bear. What they do is they move to those those bait sites mm-hmm. in stages. Those bears, and I've noticed this over the years in cameras. Mm-hmm. You get that. You know, you have, uh, let's just say you have your your prime time hours between 6 and, and usually we can shoot till about 8.30 here. Yeah. You have your prime time then. 
then you might have a little bear activity between 9 and midnight or 10 and midnight, and sometimes you'll get that 2 and 3 in the morning, and then you'll get that right before first light, you know. Mm -hmm. But what those bears are doing, especially if it's the same bears, they're coming in, and, you know, if you're – we – when we get closer to hunting, we'll we'll peel the bait back a little bit and, and try to create some competition. You know, we might only put a two and a half gallons or something down like that. So those bears, they come in and eat. They mm-hmm. go directly to the water. They might move a little ways, you know, depending on how big the water source is where they're bedding down. You know, they're not uh, they're not going to lay in three feet of water. You know, they're going to come out a little bit just so enough to cool their body down yeah then if there's other bears they got to worry about then they're going to come in a little closer to the bait site just close enough so they can hear when you're coming or if other bears are coming Mm -hmm. then if it's an older wiser bear and he's coming in at that at that prime time he then he's going to come within a hundred and depending on how thick your your uh, bait site area is he might be 50 yards away Mm -hmm. that's why you you ever notice when you have those smaller bears come into the bait site and then all of a sudden out of nowhere the big boy busts in and just runs them off (laughs) i mean he's he's right there listening and a lot of hunters they don't i mean you can you can preach to them but they they don't get it because they're so focused in kind of on that whitetail hunting you know they don't realize that that bear he is right there watching that bait site and ready to pounce on any little punk bear that that tries to get in there, you know. Yep. I and, love seeing those pictures on the trail I, camera. <laughs> yeah, and if and yeah, and if you're sitting up in that tree stand and you're getting up and you're stretching and going, oh, you know, and and <laughs> popping a pop can and and opening a bag of M and M's, well, you you might as well just forget it. You're yeah. <laughs> you're not going to kill a mature bear. You know what I mean? Yep, you exactly. I always tell them guys, and that goes back to we'd rather have you sit the best two hours than put you out there for a longer time and, and try to torture you. You know, you yeah. can't be taking a leak out of the stand and, and, and yeah. you know, eating and stuff like that. You, you got to keep your, those bears eyes are, you know, people don't, don't give them enough credit. I mean, that's, they come in, they look at you and they stare right through your soul. You could, <laughs> you could say they're waiting for you to move. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and they're watching you and you can't see them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're oh, watching, yeah. they're looking up in that tree stand, waiting for any little bit of movement. That's why, you know, you, you got a camera on your bait and, mm-hmm. and you, you think, ah, oh, man, he's, oh, they're nocturnal or whatever. And you get down out of your tree and go in and look the next day at your camera and, and the cards reading the bear was in there five minutes after you left. Well, he didn't <laughs> cover a quarter mile in five minutes. He was nope. sitting there watching you the whole time. Nope. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So they, move, so movement smart. can people don't think about that. That can that can ruin your hunt, you know. And and like that goes back to you get that one opportunity. I mean, if you got some, if you got more than one big bear coming into your bait, you know, the, you'll be okay. But if you got just that one shooter coming in and you know some medium size or smalls, I mean, you're mm-hmm. you're gonna burn them right out of there. Yeah. And like we talked about. <clears throat> two things are going to happen nocturnal or he's he's going to be long gone and when you especially here when you know i get five to six hundred pound bears on camera all the time yeah the slightest mistake if you i would rather if something happens 
during my day of baiting where I can't get to a certain bait site that I've been baiting mm-hmm. it all the time. I mean, a half hour difference I found isn't going to be that big of a deal. Yeah. And I don't like to bait past four o'clock if I can help it. I, yeah. I usually start about in that nine to 10 in the morning, but I would, if I can't get to that bait by four o'clock, there's no way I'm going in there at five o'clock because that's a time too that we we shoot a lot of bears in that time. I would rather wait to go in there the next day or my, I might even let it ride for two days and get back on that schedule and I'll just put some more bait down in there. I would rather do that than, than bump them off that bait. You know what I mean? That's, that's just one of the worst things you can do is, is bump them off that bait. Yep. Yep. Cause I know exactly what's up then. So they, yeah, then, then it's, it's game <laughs> it's over. over for you it's and over. game on for them, you know? Yep. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Cause I mean, they're, they're and those, they may even start keep coming in, but it's going to be at night. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. And, and I mean, once they're, I've tried all the tricks we've tried pulling the bait out and, and, and with us when we leave, I mean, yeah. we, we've tried it all. I've, I've had yeah. guys climb into the stand, you know, an hour or two, and then uh-huh. I come back and or I'll and I come back and bait and we we've, we've tried we've tried all the tricks you know with some yeah. of those and some of those big boys they're just they're just not meant to be killed you know and no. you got to know when to hold them and and know when to fold them I mean it's uh you just try again next year you know but I I see on my cameras all the time I got a couple colossal giants that I've been <laughs> having come into this same bait site for for many years if you if you go on our uh, facebook page or our website uh you can see them on there i mean we call the one pumpkin head mm-hmm. and uh the <clears throat> other one we we just call them lard ass because i mean they're just <laughs> they're giant i mean they're yeah. giant and we've we've tried to kill them every year and yep. we shoot nice they're not the old they, you know they're they're the big boys in the area and we shoot some nice bears off those baits but uh we just we just can't uh they're just not, those bears aren't meant to be killed. I mean, that's just the way it is, which is, you know, kind of a good thing. Yep, yep, exactly. Exactly. That's fine. Now, um, you talked about cutting the bait at the end, like towards the hunt. Now, mm-hmm. so will you do that on a bait that you have, say somebody's baiting nearby you and you have competition? Will you do that on that bait or only the bait that you're sort of by yourself? No, we'll usually we don't vary too much on those. We like to keep those ones the same. And mm-hmm. then also on our remote hunts, mm-hmm. we, we don't really cut back on them. Okay. There's no, you know, first of all, I don't want to really change anything up on those. Yeah. I want to kind of keep them the same. And those bears on the ones where you've been baiting really heavy, yeah. even when you run out of bait, you know, if you have 13 bears on that camera or whatever, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're, they're just kind of coming in and out randomly Yeah. Yep. at some point, you know, usually what we've seen is they don't come in right away when we bait, they might come in, you know, a couple hours after we're out of there or something like that. Yeah. But then they're kind of, it can pose another problem for you too, is be, when you, when you do bait heavy like that, you you get all those bears coming in, mm-hmm. then you start getting into this where they're coming randomly from any direction. Yes, <laughs> yes. At all different times, <laughs> you know what I mean? I've had that it's problem. It's like, yeah, you, you see all of a sudden, you know, I like when I bait, mm-hmm. 
I got my trail going in, and I like to keep my stand off to either side, not too far from that that bait trail, because yeah. I don't want my hunter going anywhere near that bait site. Yeah, nowhere near. He, I mean, he's going down the trail and up into that stand, and I try to get my trail so set my baits up so I don't have to worry about the bears coming in from that direction, you know. But sometimes when you get into them deep swamps real remote like if we're going in by atv and then we're humping the bait back in then you can run into trouble like that because you don't have any human disturbance there except when you're going to to dump all that bait down and then yeah. you know next thing you know you got you got bear, it's like the spokes on a bicycle wheel you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, exactly. so then the guy's really got to be on his toes you know what i mean yeah exactly. and that comes back to sometimes where it, it can be hard to uh play the wind in, in those situations you know what i mean yeah but we we try to keep the only time we'll we'll cut back is we'll do it on those ones where we're baiting every other day you know and okay. we'll you know if we're putting five or ten gallons down i usually start for the first you know week or so i'll i'll put down a little more than five gallons uh-huh. ten gallons and then i'll start cutting it back a little bit Mm-hmm. Then that last week, it's probably a five-gallon pail, and then we'll get down to like two and a half or three. And then, of course, when we go into bait, mm-hmm. we'll put, uh, you know, we might just put a gallon down, you know, hoping right. we, we kill a bear in there in the first night, you know what I mean? So Yeah, interesting. Yeah, because I've always, so, you know, you hear, I've heard the, the cutting back the bait thing, and I've tried it to some extent. It hasn't worked for me, but my my baits weren't, you know, I wasn't the only bait in the area. So I've never really thought of it from a, you know, if, if you're the only show in town and that's the only bait site, you know, that makes a lot of sense. You know, yeah, there's a like, lot of guys like that I... like ridiculed the idea, like, like there's no way that works. But, you know, it's one of the, it's sort of like we were talking, you, you can't just take what you everything you hear you know oh yeah this is what i gotta do you have to know what's good for your specific situation right you know yeah since you're the mm-hmm. only show in town that's gonna work pretty well because if you're the only food source for the bears there well of course you know they're gonna fight for whatever bait's there but if you're you mm-hmm. know if you're you know in the middle of the giant acorn crop or you're um in an area with 10 other baits probably isn't gonna work very well you know, so you got yep, to know what's good for your situation. That's interesting. Yeah, that that's when you're want to gonna you're gonna want to try to make sure you got you got food there. You mm-hmm. know, pretty consistently. I mean, if if you got competition near you and you start, if if you got no bait there for, well, let's just say if you're a, if you're a guy, he, you're baiting by me. You're you're within three four hundred yards of me. Yeah. I know you're there. Yeah. You don't know I'm there. Yep. And you you got you got pictures there for one night and then uh, all of a sudden you know I I figure out you're there and I change my routine where I'm baiting every day and I'm making sure there's bait there and plenty of bait and I got a good mixture mm-hmm. and I got the woods stinking like butterscotch <laughs> or or whatever and yeah. and you know and got peanut butter and you know loads of fryer grease down it he he ain't going he's not gonna go over there you yeah, know what I mean exactly. and I'm gonna keep it like that. Yep. until and I'm not going to change that. You know what I mean? Yep. But I, like I said earlier, I very rarely do I run into, Yeah. you know, if yeah. I, if I literally, if I see two or three bear hunters 
guys you know bear hunting isn't real popular up here with the locals yeah so if i you know you get some cabin owners and stuff we got a lot of lake homes up here so if we run into some people like that or some do-it-yourself people i mean some years i mean last year i i didn't run into anybody i mean it was (laughs) it's they they cut the tags back you used to could get a tag every year and then it was every other and now it's getting to be about three or four year wait for a tag so the woods have really quieted down you know so that makes a that makes a big difference you know yeah and two you know if there's if you if you we talked about if you have an established bait site that you've been using for a long time and and somebody goes in and and tries to cut a new one and Mm -hmm. just kind of half asses it you know what i mean you know the bears might check it out once or they they might not check it out out at all you know what i mean yeah the one good thing when we we used to could be able to run unlimited bait sites but now we're down to three per hunter and then i get three under my guides license yeah i it it works out good for me because Mm -hmm. i know what baits are going to produce every year i don't have to risk going out there and putting test baits out yeah you know what i mean Exactly. And when the woods were fuller with guys, I mean, I had to run a lot of bait just to keep the other guys at bay to let them know I'm in the area, you know yeah. what I mean? Kind of push them, push them back, you know, but now, you know, I don't, I, my baits are ready. I mean, we go in, we get them baited, the stands go up the next day, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we can't put any bait, we can, we get two weeks to bait. Yep. We can't pre-hang any stands or anything like that. Yeah. So that we, we get out there. And we start baiting at midnight. Yeah. <laughs> and the bait and the fryer oil's down at midnight. I got to do that too because I can't afford to lose any bait sites. I mean, yeah. To anybody in case somebody does roll around, you know, they they were fairly well known. We got you know our trucks all have our business name on there and everything. So mm-hmm. we want to make sure that we don't lose any bait sites. You know, so yeah. we get out there and two, it takes us a long time. I mean, depending on how many clients I might have, I might be running 50 bait sites, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it can take, I mean, it's pretty much a 24 hour run to get them, get them all baited, get the signs up, get the cameras on them. And then we come back right the next day and we start in on, on getting the stands up, you know, because you don't want to be in there trying to establish a bait and, you know, then realizes, oh God, this this ain't gonna work. <laughs> and you also don't want to be baiting and then realize, oh yeah, he's coming in. Mm-hmm. But then you don't have your tree picked out and you don't have it limbed out. You want to kill a bait site, get a <laughs> bear coming in there, and then go in there at noon and and uh, with your pole saw and everything else, and then you know, <laughs> banging a ladder stand together. I mean, you're letting every bear within five miles know where you're at, you know. That's, that's yeah. the fa- one of the fastest ways you could kill a bait site, you know. So, And when we ran a lot of bait sites, too, just to keep guys at bay, you know, I, I stumbled on some on some good good spots, you know what I yeah. mean? So that was, and that's kind of nice, too, you know. I don't have to, uh, there's, there's less competition out there, and there's not the, uh, there's not the trying to tie up the whole area, you know. A lot of yeah. a lot of the times when you're guiding, you you are worrying about the next guy, you know, because you're you're taking somebody else's hard-earned money, and yeah, we want to make sure we can we can we can get them a bear, you know. It yeah, uh, yeah. it costs. Uh, it's a you know guiding. You could probably ask any bear guide, and he's gonna any legitimate one, anyways, yeah. and he's gonna tell you there's there's a science to it, you know. We know I know exactly 
what it costs me per bait site and to dump a bucket of bait down, the fuel, mm-hmm. what I got into the stand, yep. you know, and, and mileage on the vehicle. And you can't figure in your time because if you figure it in your time, <laughs> you ain't making any money. Trust me. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, and if, this, this goes for anybody out there, you know, that uh, is looking to hire a guide. You want to make sure I'm insured. I mean, mm. I've, I've guided fishermen in the past, deer hunters. Now I just pretty much specialize in, in bear. I'm, I have a young family now, so I can't yeah. be running all over doing everything like i used to so you know it i'm insured for mm-hmm. two two million dollars general liability yeah you know you're looking at that's a i just got my insurance the other day and it, it jumped up to 715 dollars you know and since i'm not wow. doing all that other guiding anymore i'm looking you know you got your two weeks of baiting and you know pretty much we guide for two or three weeks in september and either we're tagged out or guys are moving to other stuff you know so you want to make sure your guide's insured insured and he's carrying quality insurance because Mm -hmm. i mean uh, one year up here a guy was hunting with another guide and shot himself in the arm climbing up his stand with a pistol oh no then you know life flight had to come and get him and in the whole show you know and i don't know if the guy had the guide was insured or not but you know, climbing up tree stands, anything can happen. Yeah. So you definitely, at the least, you want to make sure the guy is insured. In Minnesota, we have you have to be licensed by mm-hmm. the state of Minnesota. Yeah. Not anybody can be a guide. You you have to be CPR first aid certified. And depending if you're just a one man operation, you know it's eighty two fifty for the bear guide license, or if you have people working under you. It costs even more money. It's almost two hundred dollars for the license. Yeah, and that, and then if you guide on for national forest land, you also have to. You the the forest service is also a rider on my policy. I have to insure them mm-hmm. so that if one of my clients trips and falls on a log or a rock, they don't sue the forest service. And I'm also a licensed outfitter through the forest service which is another permit fee of a hundred and five dollars yeah and then on top of that for every hunter we guide on national forest lands we pay a three percent tax to the on our gross sales to the forest service yeah and all this stuff is a phone call away or a, or a search on the internet for mm-hmm. wherever you're hunting to see the insurance part might not be but um, the Minnesota DNR carries a guides list, yep. which is, you know, it's right. It's, it's right it's, on the at website. At least he's licensed. Yeah. yeah. At least, at least he's licensed. Then you can call him and ask for references. Yeah. Um, as far as the forest service goes, you can do a little searching on there. And also they have a list to see who's licensed for them because I mean, you get caught, you know, guiding without a license uh, on the forest service land and not paying them their fees. I mean, you're, you're going to court over in Michigan. You're, there's, 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 there's no other way around it. You're, you're going to be in some big trouble when you're dealing with the feds. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's, uh, you know, and call for references and be, before you just start doling out your money and, and, uh, and another thing that I would definitely look out for is if you, if, don't always be looking for the best deal. Don't let money dictate your hunt, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
if you see an outfitters that are advertising all inclusive fully guided bear hunts for under a thousand dollars i mean i <laughs> i think i would even 900 i would be a little bit leery on but yeah. when you start seeing that 650 500 range yeah there's no way on a thousand dollar hunt just to bait for two weeks i have three hundred dollars in bait into that bait site depending yeah. on how that's just if i'm dumping five gallons down yeah that's yeah. not including my 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 time my fuel and everything that's that's just the bait that's into it so if you got a guy who's who's charging 500 or 650 for a fully guided hunt all inclusive and everything i'd definitely be i'd be very leery yeah that would yep. be a red flag to me and i mean it's it's gotten a lot better in Minnesota, but, you know, I still hear the horror stories every year from clients who call me and tell me, you know, and tell me about the, you know, the tragedy that they went through. You know, they get yeah. there and they can tell the guy has a bait and because the, the path isn't beaten down to the bait or they, they don't run trail cameras. I mean, I I would have to say I own in the vicinity of 70 to 75 trail cameras. You know, we've got looking right now there's probably 40 ladder stands of all different varieties and a couple dozen hang-on stands we have three trucks yep. a four-wheeler and trailers and stuff and i have a shop at my house dictated just to uh to bear guiding you know so you you mean you want to look at all that stuff because you want to make sure your your height is taken care of in 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 your meat you know we don't yeah. we don't take any anybody here just looking to guys call me all the time looking to shoot a nice rug and we yeah. we're not we don't go for that you know you want to <clears throat> you want to make sure your your guide is is all that and and then some you know yeah. what i mean you yeah. want to we try to we try to uh get everybody a bear and, and accommodate them to, you know what kind of bear they're they're looking to get you know but um yeah yeah you definitely want to make sure i mean at that <laughs> At the minimum, make sure that they're they're licensed and insured. Yep, definitely. Yep. Now, here's a question. You know, I've heard of guides that um will that quote unquote do not run trail cameras because they're afraid it's going to spook the bears or something like that, right? Would you agree that that is a immediate red red flag? Like, okay, there's something wrong here. Yeah, I mean, the only way. He's probably telling you that for for a couple of reasons. One, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't have any bears coming in, or he's or he's he's telling you the complete opposite from what kind of bears he's coming in, or he doesn't have the money yeah. to buy them. You know, I mean, yeah. it, you know, if this is an expensive business to get into, and my mm-hmm. I'm not making a killing at doing this. You know, I'm yeah. I make a, enough money where I might be able to go on a North Dakota duck hunt or a turkey hunt to Nebraska. <laughs> and then I got to make sure I have enough profit left over from the next year to, you know, if my four wheeler goes down or we need new stands or whatever. And I also like to go into the following year with at least 4,000 pounds of bait on hand. Yeah. Just yeah. in case I could not get that bait, that mm-hmm. same bait or there. I mean, I've seen mm-hmm. trail mix shortages big oh, time. I mean, yeah, I've I'm had sure. to order bait from, green bay wisconsin you know yeah so you know that that could be another reason and the only time i've had trouble with trail cameras and 
I mean, I'm not as cautious as some guys. I date and I go in there and I open the camera with dirty hands and pull the card and the whole nine yards. Yeah. Those bears, they're going to find them trail cameras anyways. Mm-hmm. You know, the, a bear has a better nose than a bloodhound, yep. you know, or a coon dog. Yeah. So they're going to find them. So, but what I, what I don't do is I don't put my cameras on the backside of my bait. Mm-hmm. I try to put them off to the sides or directly in front. Mm-hmm. And I try to, you know, sometimes I'll, depending what kind of tree I have, if I have some, if I have some spruce or balsam or something where the limbs go all the way down, yeah. I'm certainly not going to hack those limbs off and put my trail camera there and leave all the limbs on the bottom of the ground so a bear mm-hmm. comes in and can see that there's been some mm-hmm. sort of disturbance there. I mean, right. Animals can't reason, but they notice everything within their home range and their environment, you know? So I'll try to look for a spot where I can, uh, I use these trail camera holders. They're called HMEs, Mm -hmm. and they're kind of like a miniature camera arm. Mm -hmm. You screw the camera to them, and then you screw the arm into the tree, and you can adjust it to tilt it side to side or up or down or whatever. You know, and I'll, usually what I do is I'll screw a peg into the tree, Mm-hmm. And I'll climb up there and and uh, put the camera up. And I don't check my cameras all the time. I might check them twice a week. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need, I see the baits getting hit. You know, I can tell in the mud sometimes what size bear I have coming in or historically what's going on at that bait site, you know. Yeah. Yep. So I don't need to, every time I go in there every other day or whatever, I don't. I don't need to check those cameras. I mean, I'll just pick a day and say, all right, I'm going to change camera cards. And then when I get home, I go on the computer and look and, yeah. you know, we post on our uh, business page on Facebook, every, all the bears that are coming in and, and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. what, you know, you start getting behind your bait or getting to where the bears got established trails coming in. You don't want to be anywhere near those. You know what I mean? Even yeah. if you're the only guy baiting them, because, you know, if you've, if you've baited for five days and you haven't gone in those areas and the next thing you, you're in there hanging a trail camera and you're farting around at that bait site for an extra 10 or 15 minutes, yep. that, you know, <laughs> you're, you're leaving more unnecessary scent and more disturbance than you need to be. You know, that's why we get the, we get the stands and the cameras out right <clears> away, so... When I go into bait, it's all business. I mean, I, I steamroll right down. I don't have time to fool around. Yeah. I yeah. steamroll right down the bait. I mean, I dump her down. I cover her up and spray my sprays and do whatever, dump my grease, and boom, I'm out of there. You know, yeah. I don't have time to. I do all the <clears throat> baiting myself. I have some people who help me, mm-hmm. and mostly what they do is they pick up hunters and stuff like that, and I have guys who help skin and all that. Yeah, I do all the baiting myself, and and with the baiting every other day on some of them, mm-hmm. and and then we do the remote ones remotely. I mean, you know, once in a while I might take my wife with me or my two year old daughter. Yeah, and yep. do those. I'm not really too concerned, but I want to mm-hmm. keep. I mean, I can't stress enough the the same routine. You know, you don't. Uh, you know, a half hour, forty five minutes. You know can be okay too but it 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 could make the difference in in your hunt yeah and if if you're a do-it-yourself guy and you're you know you got all this time and and money into your bait site why would you want to take the risk of potentially screwing up your hunt you know especially 
if you only have three bait sites or if you're, you know, I definitely would, would not recommend anybody just throw all their eggs in, in, in one bait site, even two, you know. Yeah. Three is, three se- is, is, seems to be about the, you know, the, the right number of bait sites to have. You know, if you, mm-hmm. if you can't pick a bear out of three bait sites and, and if you got good bait in a good area, it's like, well, I don't know what else to tell you, you know. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> you yeah. know, it uh you want to you want to put every advantage you can put in, into your bait site and helping helping you out. I mean, you don't want to do anything that uh I mean, it's you wouldn't want to uh walk in the, if the if the deer are coming out into an alfalfa field at 7 o'clock every night um, two or three weeks before the rut, I mean, in, in doing a little chasing or whatever, you sure ain't going to go strolling out to your, your stand at 6.30, are you? And <laughs> no. try to sneak around no. them because what you're going to blow the deer off. I mean, it, it's the same thing, you know. It, strict routine, good bait, and, you know, and be, be prepared. I mean, I, I, it's, it's kind of the bad thing about Minnesota is you can't go out and do any preseason prepping Mm-hmm. even if you you like you've been <clears throat> notified now that you have a bear license and yeah you can't go out there and, and preempt a bait site by cutting any logs or or anything like that and you know it's kind of i kind of think a guy should be able to do that but yeah. you, you can't so you're at you're you got one strike against you right there you know so you got to get out there you find your bait sites where you're gonna go you figure you got some good areas and you're traveling, you got money tied up in gas and camping or motels or whatever. And the last thing you want to do is, is rush out there and go into your bait site, you know, way different from when you've been baiting, you know, and that's, you know, that, that is one good thing about dumping a lot of bait down. You know what I mean? You, mm-hmm. you, you, you got that quiet time, yep. but I still try to get there and bait those same baits at that same time, you know, and if mm-hmm. we bait those off four wheelers, mm-hmm. that's another thing I, I would like to touch on is yeah, those bears hear that four wheeler coming. Mm-hmm. I don't care how far away they are. That if you're back in the middle of nowhere, that travels and echoes really far. Yes. So they hear that four wheeler coming. And then when I bait, I always leave it running. I never shut it off. Mm-hmm. And I go in there and dump and I don't screw around either. I, empty all the buckets and the grease and sprays and, and I, I'm out of there and gone. Yeah. So when the guys go in there to hunt, you know, I tell them to do the same thing. If the, we usually do those as do it yourself hunts for our real experienced guys. And I tell them, get in there, get your stuff, your bow tied up to the rope or your gun or whatever, get your pack up in the stand and then mm-hmm. run over there and bait your bait site cook mm-hmm. it back to your four-wheeler and you want to make sure that bear hears that four-wheeler leaving and then i tell him to at least get a hundred yards away and kill the engine mm-hmm. while you're going so they kind of hear that machine just kind of putter away and they think it's gone i mean i might be overthinking it a little bit but i don't want to take any chances and i've shot oh, bears like that i've i've always done that's what i have always done yeah and it works so i'm not gonna you don't want to deviate away too far <laughs> from, from something anything that's working for you. That's for sure. If it's not broke, don't fix it. That's I, I do. Exactly. But I do the same thing. I do the same thing. Um, uh, 
even even when I was on my Canada hunt, because I, I was the only person back there. And so driving my four, the only way I could get back there was by four-wheeler. And, I mean, it was loud. I mean, you could tell it was as loud as could be. I mean, I'm the only motor oh, yeah. for miles and miles, right? And, um, and so, and it was an open, you know, previous wildfire. So it was... You know, there wasn't a whole lot of sound damping going on. So, I mean, that sound traveled, right? <laughs> and so I would drive I would drive up to the bait site, bait, and then drive away. And I, I drove probably at least a quarter of a mile. And then, and then I would walk back in just because, you know, you want them to think that you're not there anymore. And maybe, maybe, exactly. maybe it doesn't matter, but I, I know that works for sure. I would, I would think that they would... I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to park my ATV there and just walk in and leave it there. There's no, no. no and I mean, I, I see the hunts in Canada, you know, mm-hmm. where the guys are, and like I say, I'm real close to Thunder Bay and yeah. know a couple outfitters up there like that, and have seen their, their videos and stuff. I mean, that's a whole other animal up there. Yeah. I mean, they're tying yeah. up, you know, hundreds of square miles, you know, and, yeah. and all to themselves and leasing it from the crown and stuff. Where you know, I, I, I have some baits on on private property, you know, where we use barrels and stuff like that. But for the most part, you know, we're probably 80 to 90% on, on state and federal land. Only 10% of the land up here is, is privately owned. So, I mean, there's just a, there's a lot of, lot of area to, to hunt, you know, but it's also, you know, we're limited because it's a national forest. There's no off-road travel. You can't just, I can't make my own, four-wheeler trail through the woods you know what i mean so i look for out of the way old logging grades or something like that where i can open up an old trail and get back in and if i have to walk a few hundred yards in there yeah you know that's that's what you got to do to get down to you know the the water the spruce or cedar swamp or whatever you're hunting in you know but uh yeah definitely don't set up any baits close to uh a road that isn't well traveled, you know, our, our bear season this year is going to start really close to, uh, Labor Day weekend, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you're, you've been in there since August baiting and you opened up a old logging road or something like that, and you've been driving in and out of there for a couple weeks or a couple weekends or whatever. And yeah, man, they come out, the ATV brigade comes out of the <laughs> <laughs> out of the woodwork and sees ah oh, let's go down here and you're sitting in there man well that bear he ain't used oh. to nothing but but you you know what i mean exactly. and uh that's uh that's a sure way that uh you know it's kind of we used to open it it used to open and uh when i first started guiding it was we had a few years there where they really wanted to do a number on the bears and they opened the season up in august and yeah i actually i wish they would do that i wish they would go back to that even if they gave us a just one week in august mm-hmm. that, that's that gives you a lot of quiet time you know because we yeah. with it open if you you know that's why we want to see it open midweek on that labor day week yeah we get some quiet time because <clears throat> really if you're hunting or guiding on public land after that second week the following weekend is our small game and archery opener and I live in an area where grouse hunting with ATVs is really popular and, yep. you know, and <laughs> people, if there's a lot of grouse, they're, they're coming out of the woodwork, man. So, yep. yep. That's the biggest disturbance to, of my bears up in the UP is grouse hunters mm-hmm. with, <laughs> with ATVs. They will find and, you. <laughs> oh yeah. And I've, I've done some, you know, that's why we're kind of cut away from 
guiding as late as we used to. Last year we went into October with some guys from Illinois, and yeah. but this year, I mean, we're basically now we're just going to keep our hunts for opening day right until the second weekend that Sunday. You know, we might take a few people during the middle of the week after that second week, but we're going to shut it down just because you know yeah we we notice is it it gets harder to hunt the success drops a little bit and then we're you know like i said we still have to make you know we're cutting into the profit margin you know and guys are it's harder to hunt them and we don't want to see anybody struggle we want everybody to get a bear you know being a guide in in baiting bears a lot of people get frustrated if they don't shoot nothing the first night. You know what I mean? They, Oh yeah. Especially if they'd never bear hunted before. And I mean, I get the same way sometimes too, you know, it's kind of get a little frustrated, but you know, it it still is hunting. It's not shooting fish in a barrel. You know what I mean? So exactly. It, uh, I mean, we want to make sure we get everybody the best chance to be, be successful. Yep. I, I mean, I know the feeling. I was up in, in bear camp in Canada, and, you know, it, I was doing a self-guided hunt, so it's through an outfitter. So I'd go to the, to the they were, like, actually guiding hunters, and I was doing my own thing. And there, everybody's coming back first night. There's a bunch of bears hanging. Of course, I hadn't shot a bear the first night. I didn't kill one till the fourth night. And every night I'm coming back, and they're like, did you get a bear? No, no, not yet. And, and you get like, oh, man, what am I doing wrong? And you're like, oh, man, it's like heartbreaking. You're like, what, am I an idiot? You know, in reality, you're doing fine. It's just you haven't shot a bear yet. But it's it, mm-hmm. I, can, I can just imagine being, you know, a first-time bear hunter, and everybody else has got a bear up on the pole, and you're the only one. You're like, oh, man. Right. <laughs> and, you know, we, we always figure, you know, we guarantee our baits active. We yeah. give everybody two to three baits, so if something goes wrong, mm-hmm. we can move them. You know, we just don't give them one bait. Right. So we got a lot of bait sites to to, uh, to choose from, mm-hmm. so if something goes wrong, we can move them. But we, you know, just because you don't see a bear the first night or two yeah. is no reason to get frustrated. No. I know a lot of people will say, oh, that's, that you didn't see a bear on the first night or two because there's a new smell in there and that's bs mm-hmm. well it's not bs because if you're doing it yourself mm-hmm. the bear's used to your smell yeah he's not all of a sudden yeah mm-hmm. he smells me coming in there mm-hmm. but then okay guy climbs up in his trees 10 feet 12 15 feet up there mm-hmm. that's a trust me <laughs> at some point in time the bears are moving around back there they're gonna smell them yeah. And, you know, it might take a night or two for them, the bears, to get used to that guy. And I've seen it over and over, and I just tell them, don't worry, just give it time. The bear will, bear will figure it out, and, and he'll get over it, and we'll get the right wind. Mm-hmm. Anything, you know, you just got to give it time. It's, it, it's hunting. You're not going to, you know, it's not, it's not shooting fish in a barrel, for yeah. sure. Yeah. You know, and another... Another thing to to frown upon too is I, I see a lot of uh, people writing on as thermocells. Mm-hmm. No thermocells here, and I I read a lot of guys say, well, if your guide says um, no thermocells, he's full of it. Mm-hmm. I've seen it over and over since those things have first come out here. You know, mm-hmm. and this can go back to Canada. That's mm-hmm. a whole other animal up there. Yeah. Yep, that's the only. Those bears are totally, totally different. Mm-hmm. 
when I can drop a guy off and he and he tells me he doesn't have a thermocell, and then when I go in there to pick him up, and I can smell that stuff on his clothes when he gets in my truck, mm-hmm. what do you think that smells like to a bear? Oh man! Especially yeah. if you have a swirling wind mm-hmm. or the wind switches on you or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if he's got Northwoods blend or whatever smells those things come in man they are they are bad news and and i've seen it firsthand Mm -hmm. Uh, one real quick story i had a guy that uh he had a thermocell Mm -hmm. and he refused to listen to me i said the bugs aren't that bad Mm -hmm. we use um i'm looking at it right now we use repel sportsman's max 40 percent deet okay and that's what I use when I bait. So I always tell the guys, you know, if you live around a Menards or something, or it's where I get it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, pick some of that up. And, if you know, I always have, like, six cans here. So, I'll, you know, if somebody forgets, I give it to them. Mm-hmm. But I don't want any other different smells, you know, uh, for bug spray or whatever. Uh-huh. I want that stuff. And trust me, when we first start baiting, I'm bathing in that stuff because the mosquitoes <laughs> and everything are so bad. Yeah, yeah. And you get in there with those thermocells, man. I had a guy, he he, t- he said, you know, he wouldn't listen to me. He had to have his thermocell. Uh-huh. He never saw a bear on that bait. He sat there three nights, and he never saw a bear. Uh-huh. So we keep our hunts open-ended so he, you could come back. Mm-hmm. So he came back, and, and he, the first night he shot another bear, and, we shot it that afternoon at like three o'clock. Yeah. So we get his bear and I, I was going to run another hunter that had just showed up and he, he says, well, where are you going to put this guy? I said, well, I'm going to put him in the spruce stand, mm-hmm. the spruce bait. And he says, well, that bait's dead. He ain't going to see nothing in there after I sat in there. And this is maybe about five days. We let it, we still baited it, kept the cameras on. I'm like, nah, I says, Bill, man, there's the bears are still coming in there and some nice, some nice ones. Yeah. So I, we stuck the guy in there and uh, put him in, went in there and baited. Mm-hmm. Guy shot the, the big bear that was coming in there a half hour after mm-hmm. he was on stand. The <laughs> same one that the previous guy that was using the thermocell yeah. was was hunting that couldn't get. And I've, and I've seen it over and over. I'm not trying to, I mean, if I didn't think it was a problem, I would let everybody use them. But yeah. they are, they're definitely... It's another smell. It's the same reason if I, I only use a couple different smells at my baits, and I know per bait which smell I'm using. You know, we got names for all our baits, and we write it down on a dry erase board. You know, where these, these 10 baits are all getting butterscotch. These ones are all getting liquid smoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, these ones are all getting uh, beaver caster, jelly donut spray, or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. And... I don't want to be going in and all of a sudden we're going to be hunting the, the in two days and I've been using uh, jelly donut or bacon at this spray and change it to butterscotch. Yeah. That's going to send off an alert right away. Mm-hmm. Some guys might scoff at that and, and say Jim's crazy, he's full of it, but I'm not going to take that chance. I mean, I... I've seen it before where you switch smells. It's not like switching bait. I mean, the nose, animals' noses are, they don't, they, you, you don't fool their nose. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And well, especially when you get that 
chemical smell of that uh, thermocell. You know, I just, yeah. It, or the attractant sprays. That's the thing, too, yep. I, I think, on that, right? So so switching up a scent, right? Um, you know, whatever brand you're using, they, they're all, you know, it's all... Um, they're not it's not a food source right it's a it's a basically artificial smell right and the bears come in initially because they're curious about it they're not usually coming there mm-hmm. to eat the attractant right so if all of a sudden you switch that up to say say you're using blueberry and you switch it up to anise right the bears are going to go well, something's wrong there's no smell here yeah yeah i mean it's it's it smells good to them but it's yeah. uh, all of a sudden oh Wait. boy that's that's, it's a different smell. It's yeah, not what exactly. they're used to. And it goes back to the that routine thing. I mean, yeah. just think of yourself as a human being. Say you've been doing something for two weeks or two and a half weeks, and then all of a sudden a wrench gets thrown into your plans or whatever. Yeah. How much that makes you think or screws you up. You know, it, yeah. it can put those big bears on alert or on guard or whatever. I mean, you, yeah. you just can't. Especially as a guide, I can't afford to take those chances. You know what I mean. So yeah. we, everything is 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 you know, I've seen it. I mean, I could I could literally guys tell me I when when I have hunters here, we we sit around the campfire or whatever and have a few beers and yeah, inevitably somebody you got any stories? Mm-hmm. And I could. Uh, every, it seems like every year somebody says you got to write a book, man. You got to write a book because <laughs> I could just go on from stuff that I've seen and and you know, yeah. one thing you you want to do is if you hire a guide. I mean, it, you know, especially no matter what you have for experience, mm-hmm. you want to listen to your guide, especially if he's lives in that area, mm-hmm. he's been successful. He knows what he's doing. I mean, he's not feeding you a line of bull. I mean, if he's some guy that's from another part of the state and he's running a bear camp out of a state campground or federal campground, yeah, I'm gonna. I would definitely be a little bit leery. But yeah. if you come to your outfitter and he's, you know, got an operation like we have here, you know, he's, you know, you can rest assured that he's serious and he knows what he's talking about. You and I've run into disagreements with guys. Trust me, and I've had to, you know, tell. I've I've only had to send one person packing, mm-hmm. but I've had a few discussions where they've turned where well, if you don't want to listen to me mm-hmm. and do what I'm telling you, mm-hmm. then why are you here? Yeah. Why did you hire me? Yeah. You know, and it and it's and I say, well, two of your buddies were successful tonight. You were the only one that wasn't successful. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be a jerk. Yeah, but I'm just saying, you know, I'm not not putting you on a dead bait, or you, you know, what I'm telling you is mm-hmm. is you know gospel. What I have seen and learned and experienced over the years, or any guide, you know, yeah, whether they're in Minnesota, Wisconsin, or Ontario, you know, you yeah. you definitely want to listen to your guide. I mean, he's telling you, yeah, you know, what he's telling you, you you should obviously you should take that to to heart because well, that's going to make you successful you have to have trust in your guide don't if if you don't then you're just setting yourself up for failure you know yeah. Yeah. and it uh i mean we when we do our semi-guided hunts we we take the guys out there we run cameras on them we provide the stands because we don't want anybody coming up and 
bringing their own stand and trying to hang it the night before they're going to hunt. So we just we take them out there the night or two before season. Yeah, walk them up to where the the show them where the stands are. Sometimes we just draw on a map and and mm-hmm. uh, give them bait and and they go about themselves, you know. And those guys shoot bears on the first night, and we tell them, you know, since you're taking this over, it it might be a night or two. But those guys kind of want the experience of doing it themselves without having to start from the beginning. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. they just come right in, and everything's kind of set up for them. They get a little experience on their own and whatever but we tell them you know this is what the cameras are showing mm-hmm. you know yep. but it's your hunt you do whatever you want because it's it's pretty much a do it we're just supplying you with the bait the bait sites and the stand you can either take our advice or leave it or you're free if you have ex- you, you know do what do what you do you know if you have experience but this is what we're seeing this is what we recommend and i mean our semi-guided hunts even for the guys taking over the baiting and everything, since I've been baiting, are they're very successful. I mean, they're probably one of our popular hunts more so. You know, they're a little bit cheaper, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's you know, we we give them just because they're semi guided doesn't mean they're any less of a yeah a spot than than the fully guided. We don't we don't function like that, but uh, right. you know, most people mm-hmm. take our advice and and uh, you know they they run with it. You know, yeah. So if you're if you're looking to hire a guide, I mean, listen to your guide. He's not. Uh, you, d- you definitely don't want to piss in your guide's Cheerios. And trust me, I've been on guided hunts before, and I've thought to myself, you know, what what is this guy? That that, that sounds no way. You know what yeah. I mean? Yep. And then I get to thinking, well, I, I don't live in Nebraska. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Exactly. I'm a long way away from Nebraska. I better listen to this guy. You know what I mean? He, yep. Being a guide and experience, you kind of get that in your head. But, you know, I, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I'm going to listen. I've been on many guided hunts, you know, and I, yeah. I don't even tell them that, you know, I guide for bears or I've guided for deer <laughs> and fishing. I just, I just go with what they tell me. And that's why I hired the guy, you know. Yeah. Have yeah. I been on some hunts where I thought, where I know I've been screwed? Absolutely. I mean, I've been on hunts where the guide was hunting and then tried to lie about it. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh we don't we don't do any hunting here while our clients are here any anything like that that's about that to me is you know would be one of the biggest slaps in the face yeah yep if the guide's hunting you know while you're still yeah that especially especially that, if, especially if the guide goes and shoots a monster bear and you don't even see one. oh yeah well, that, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> i i probably i wouldn't be I mean, I could see that probably coming to blows with some other clients, but yeah, <laughs> that uh, that's definitely not cool. Yeah, yep, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So yeah, but there's you know there's there's good outfitters out there. You just gotta you know do do a little bit of homework. You know, just don't uh, ask them the, the tough questions. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. What's your success? How many guys are you taking? Um, we don't uh, we don't hunt. Let's say we have guys come the first week and 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 uh, they don't shoot a bear out of the stand, or they do shoot a bear out of the stand, and we have still have multiple bears coming in. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't go back and hunt those stands. We we give everybody a fresh stand. If I know we can kill for sure, mm-hmm. we might put them back on there. And have we shot bears? where somebody has sat and killed before or not killed yeah but 
for the most part, everybody that comes with us is, is getting a fresh bait that hasn't been hunted. I mean, we're not, like I say, we, we want everybody to, to be successful and we ask them, you know, you know, be realistic to what you're, what you are looking for when you call a guide, you know? Yeah. Cause everybody everybody's wants to, looking oh. to shoot a trophy. Yeah, yeah exactly. everybody wants a Pope and Young or a B and C. <laughs> well, they're not. Trust me, they're they're not running all over the place. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I that when I when somebody calls me and says they're looking for a four hundred pounder, you know what I tell them? <laughs> Go to Canada or Wisconsin. Yep, exactly. exactly. Don't don't because it. You know, I've seen a lot of bears that were supposedly 400 pounds because we weigh them all here, mm. guts in and guts out. Yep. And I've seen a lot of 400-pound bears turn into 150. Yep. So if it's <laughs> not on a scale, I don't want to hear about it, you know. So if somebody, yeah. That, yeah, if they say I'm looking for 400-pounder, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen a legitimate 400-pounder come out of my area. Yeah. They're on cameras every year. Yeah, they're on But they're cameras. hard to kill. Oh, you yeah. know, yep. 300, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, we shoot a couple bears every year that dress out over 300. Yeah. Most of the, you know, depending on, depending on what kind of hunter we have, I don't mean to promote my business here or anything no, and no, try to look like I'm, to. like I'm uh, the world's greatest bear hunter, but you know, it all, it depends on what kind of hunter you are, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's pretty much what our success lies on mm-hmm. is what kind of hunters we have. Mm-hmm. most inexperienced guys who have never shot a bear or never been bear hunting mm-hmm. we tell them hey what we recommend is shoot the first legal bear that comes in yeah get your feet wet if you're this is something you want to do again mm-hmm. then let then let's make the jump to maybe we want to shoot something a little bigger you know yep. let's get that 150 180 pounder mm-hmm. out of the way let's let's you know pop yep. your cherry with something like that and yep. then we'll go from there, you know. Yep. If I have, honestly, if I have a guy call me and he says, "Yeah, I'm looking for, I'm looking for 300," you know, <laughs> or bust. Yeah. And I say, "Well, have you hunted bears before?" No, I haven't. <laughs> you know what I tell him? I, you know, I'd I'd love to take you, but you, you know, I just, you, you know, that's it's hard. I mean, yeah, yes, I tell him definitely. you might have to sit out a night or two. Yep. This is what it takes. And you know what? The majority of people aren't willing to do that. Nope. And then it becomes, well, what do you think I should do? And then I tell them, I mean, yeah, inevitably, mm-hmm. some guys, they're not going to listen to me. And then I don't, I won't take them, you yeah. know, because I don't want to set them up for failure or yep. myself, you know. Exactly. Exactly. So you have to be, you know, when you call up a guy, be realistic. I mean, yeah, if you're a guy with five years experience and you, you know, you, you know, shot bears with different guides in, in Canada or Wisconsin or Minnesota, yeah, and you know what it takes. But if mm-hmm. you're somebody that has, you know, if even if you have a lot a of whitetail, yeah, if you've yeah. never shot a bear, even if you have a lot of whitetail experience, mm-hmm. be realistic. You know, yep. don't be calling and saying, I want snaggle tooth you know <laughs> or the, you know everybody wants snaggle like, tooth. <laughs> you know yeah everybody wants to yeah i mean i'd love to i haven't shot a 400 pound bear i'd love yep. to shoot a 400 pound bear yep you know yeah but it for one i don't get to go out there at the right time of the year and i you know it takes yep. time and by that time i'm kind of burnt out of it but yeah and two i you know personally i don't want to be out shooting something like that because then potentially i'm taking something out of the 
mm-hmm. for next year for somebody, you know, yeah. and it just doesn't, it doesn't look good yep. either. You know, if I shoot something that's average, you know, that's one thing, but I haven't bear hunted mm-hmm. myself in a few years, but um, right. yeah, I mean, just be realistic, you know, they're, I always say if, if you shoot a 200-pound bear dressed in my area, I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's equivalent to shooting, you know, a 120 to 140 whitetail buck, you know. It really There's is. There's quite a few of them around, and, you know, some, they're, you know, depending on the area, they're, they can be, you know, a novice can kill, a novice can kill something like that. When you start getting up into, especially around here, you start shooting that 300-pound plus, Mm-hmm. That's that's an old bear. He's he's been around a while. He's got some yep. he's got some age on him. Yeah. Inevitably, I have that one that one lucky hunter a year that that does pop a big one. You know, I had a share a quick story. I had a, yeah, no. a kid one time. He he hunted with me with his parents. His parents were both successful, and the first time they came, but he was he was nervous, and, mm-hmm. and he saw a bear and he didn't shoot. Yeah. And I said, "Hey, no, no worry, man. You're you got a long road ahead." And he he was kind of like where he, he didn't want to shoot it because he kind of wasn't comfortable with the the fact of shooting a bear. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So then he came he came back uh, two years later, and mm-hmm. his mom was successful this, the, that night. And uh, the kid calls me, and he says, "You know, he, he's all nervous, and he's I just shot a monster, you know." And, <laughs> Uh-huh. I said, uh, you know, and I, I put them on a bait where there was a couple of decent bears, you know, that were probably 180 pounds, somewhere in that range. You know, good yeah. first bear for a high school kid, you know. Yeah, yeah. Have, you know, only that, only two days of experience a couple couple years ago, you know. Mm-hmm. So his, his parents are there, and they're getting all excited. So I says, well, okay, did, did you? He's hunting with a forty five seventy, And I said, did mm-hmm. you get a good shot on him? And he says, well, I don't know. He said he took off so fast when I hit him, I, I, I didn't even see where he went, you know. And I said, all right, well, we'll be there, you know. It's like 4 o'clock in the afternoon, so we had mm-hmm. about four hours of light. Yeah. I said, we'll be there shortly. Your mom got one. We'll drop her off, and I'll get my my tracking guys, and, and we'll be up there. So uh, in the meantime, I'm thinking to myself, I never had no monster bear on that bait on camera. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, so in my mind, I'm thinking, well, he, he's just, he doesn't know what he shot, you know? Yeah, yeah. So we get we get there, it was quite a ways back in there. I mean, it was a legitimate half a mile walk back into this bait. Mm-hmm. So we get in there and I, and I said, I said, well, what do you think, Josh? Where, where do you think he went? And he says, I don't know. And there was no bait at the blood or no blood at the bait or anything like that. Mm-hmm. There was, <clears throat> there was about two or three major trails that were coming into this bait. And there was a Norway plantation on the other side, about 10 or 12 years old, you know, so they're about 15 feet high, but they were only, you know, like six inches at the base or a little less, mm-hmm. but they were thick. I mean, like you had to crawl on your hands and knees and there's yeah. bear tunnels all through these things. And I forgot to grab my gun. Oh, no. I usually carry a, a short barreled, uh, like a riot shotgun with okay. double odd buck in it. Yeah. And, um, so I says, I, I go, I think there's a little blood up on that tree splashed on there, you know? So I, I go crawling in there and then this is kind of back to talking about when you get into those, those, uh, dark the 
times and stuff yeah. where it gets real dark in there, you know. So I, I'm crawling along literally with a mag, little mag light in my mouth, mm-hmm. and it's like six o'clock. And, and I says, "Okay, there's some blood right in there." Mm-hmm. So I tell the guy, "I said, well, you know, give me your kid's rifle. I'm gonna <laughs> go up in here, you know." Yeah. So there was a little splash of blood there, not a lot, you know, and I could see where in the pine needles where the bear had ran, he just ran right down a trail. Yeah. So I'm in there maybe a hundred yards and I'm starting to get the feeling that, ah, I don't know, this could be a dicey shot. There's not a lot of blood here yeah. and it's not the right blood, you know, that I'm yeah. seeing. Yeah. So I turn around to the kid's dad and I says, Bill, I don't know. I said, I think we're going to back out. Maybe we'll come back in a few hours. Mm-hmm. I don't want to leave it to go till tomorrow because I'm really worried about wolves because yeah. his mother had shot a bear and three wolves had come in within five minutes of her shooting it. Oh, wow. So <laughs> I said, let me, I said, I'm just going to go up here about another 20 yards down this trail. You wait here. And if I don't see anything, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're going to back out for a while and we'll come back with a bunch of people. Yeah. So I get crawling in there, and I see this huge splash of blood on the side of a of a, of a Norway pine. Uh-huh. And I look up ahead of me, and there is, you know, a legitimate 390, close to 400-pound boar <laughs> laying there. Wow. And I'm thinking to myself, before I say anything to them that I found it, I'm like, how are we going to get this thing out of here? <laughs> That's the first thing I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I turned around. I says, I said, Bill, I said, hey, come here. I said, crawl up here and take a look at this. And, and he's, I said, you see it? And he says, no. I go right there. And he's like, oh, my God. Well, we brought it back, and it dressed out at 381 pounds. Wow. Dressed. Pretty good bear for a kid's first bear. But that yeah. kind of can go to show you, too. And I told and I told them that you know you never know what's going to show up. Yeah, yeah. You never know what's going to show up. No, you have to be there because you never know. You <laughs> never know. I mean, mm-hmm. that bear. I never had him on camera at all. And you know, I thought the kid was either he was joshing me or he just didn't uh, know what size, what kind of bear he shot. But yeah, yeah. I mean, and then mm-hmm. last year we shot one that was over three hundred and. I mean, you you lay a you lay a three hundred pound bear next to a two hundred pounder, yeah. And there's a big size difference. I mean, yes. it's like, you know, Andre the Giant standing <laughs> next to me, and I'm six yeah. feet two thirty. So yep. <laughs> there's yep. a there's a big difference. Yes, definitely, definitely. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, because I mean, you you can tell on the trail camera when you got you know a bunch of hundred fifty to you know, 200 pound bears. They're all about the same. Yep. And when you see a real giant, like I've got, there's this one bear, you know, I call him monster. He's, I think he's legitimately going to be, uh, you know, 400 to 500 pound bear. He's not, he's really lean, mm-hmm. but he's long, but he dwarfs the other bears. I mean, he makes them look like pip squeaks, but as soon as he shows up in the camera, you know, you're like, whoa <laughs> right but you know and people always ask me how do you know you know we, we i got a little 3d area set up at my house here i live on some acreage so yeah when the bow hunters come you know i got to stand in the tree and and some 3d bear targets black bear and they're probably yeah. in that the bears like 120 pounder or less you know so i yeah. say that's what you don't want to shoot unless you're desperate for meat you know that's <laughs> yep. a 
a good size comparison, but I always tell them, when you see a 250-plus-pound bear walk in, mm-hmm. you're going to know it because yeah. you're just going to be like, you're going to know. You yeah. know what I mean? That's a big bear. That's a big bear. Even though, you know, some people will get confused. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like deer hunting, man. I remember I was hunting this buck one time, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden another buck came running across this old beaver flow, and it was like, there was no hesitation. I mean, I was like, oh, my God, that's a huge buck. You know what yeah, I mean? And you know. I didn't even really get, like, the good look at him. It was yep. just like, you, just know. you know when he's big. Yeah. You know, yep. and the whole ears thing on the head and stuff like that mm-hmm. can throw people off. So I just yep. tell him, look at how close the belly is to the ground. Yeah. And look at how big his ass is. Yeah. And then look at how he comes into a bait site. I mean, if they're mm-hmm. running other bears off, Mm-hmm. If they're coming in like they just own the place, like they don't have a single care in the world, yeah, he's the dominant. He's the dominant bear in the area. 